0: And welcome, seven minutes after four o'clock. Good to have you along here on a Sunday afternoon. Let's get it happening. We are talking about the Employment Law Show. And Employment Matters is what we cover off here. Uh, Lior Sanfiru, of course, co-founding partner at Sanfiru to market LLP, the most positively reviewed employment law firm in Canada. Taking no prisoners tonight. You know the number to call in, 604-280-9898. Live call-in show having you on the air makes it that much better. So bring uh, your questions, whether it's about uh, being wrongfully dismissed or harassed at work, terminated, laid off, uh, human rights issues, or just calls about severance, that's cool as well. Bring it on. Six zero four two eight zero nine eight nine eight. The number. Email help at employmentlawyer.ca. Hi. Uh, how you doing? Afternoon. Uh, good afternoon, pal. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. Although I'm not sure. Uh, I know whose who's bright idea was it that we do this show on Super Bowl Sunday, uh, right up against the Super Bowl. Uh, but you know, so maybe just you and I talking. But hopefully, we still have some so. people wanting to know about employment law. What do you think?
0: possibly maybe if they work for either the box or kansas city maybe they'll call us and say hey i just got fired on the field can you help me out don't know if that's going to happen but you know we can always hope right
1: <laughs> we can always try we can always try so if you're not a football uh, guy or gal uh, and you want to hear about employment law learn about your workplace rights and hopefully solve some workplace problems now's the time now's the place mm-hmm. uh you know uh, w- employment laws don't take uh, b- a break they don't go off uh, and do other things employment laws are here still to protect you. So if you're facing a workplace problem, tomorrow is Monday. You're going back to work, and you're not sure about what to do because there's an issue. Your boss said something. Maybe, maybe you were given an ultimatum. Well, what does that mean? What to do? Hey, now is the time. Now is the place. Give us a call. Maybe uh, you know. Maybe before the weekend goes on on, on halftime, and you want to know about uh, about workplace rights. Call us right now. You'll be you'll be helping others as well, and hopefully you'll. Uh, help me, uh, allow me to give you a better opportunity for a good week at work. So yeah. don't be bashful. There's only answers and solutions about your workplace rights. But to get us started, Johnny, a couple situations that came across my desk just over the past week. First matter I'll tell you about involved a uh, lady who had signed a one-year contract. It was a, a one-year maternity leave replacement. She was going to be there for a year. She signed a contract from November 2020 until november 2021 uh no problem you know nice nice job nice salary well fast forward two months later in january uh she comes into work her employer says uh, unfortunately uh we're gonna have to let you go we just don't feel it's working out you're you're a very nice person but not working out uh and since you're on the probationary period we really don't have to do much but we're gonna be nice we're gonna offer you two weeks pay so she calls me uh, because she listens to this show and she wanted to know if her rights are, have somehow been contravened. So here's the thing. I hope that our regular listeners are going to know what I'm about to say, and that is this. She signed a fixed-term contract. And what is the general rule with a fixed-term contract? Well, the general rule is that if the company wants to let the employee go before the end of the contract, they still have to pay the employee the balance of the contract. For her, that meant to pay her for another 10 months because she worked two months out of a 10-month contract. And the fact that she was in her first two months, quote-unquote, on probation, didn't change it. Why? Because she never signed anything saying that she's on probation. Remember, probation is not automatic. You're not on probation in the first two or three or four months of employment. You're only on probation if you sign a piece of paper, an employment agreement that says I'm on probation. She didn't. So for her, she now gets paid another 10 months of salary that I'm gonna help her get, not a problem at all. So two important things. Number one, probation is not automatic as I've just said. You're not on probation unless you sign something that says that. And number two, of course, very, very important. If you're on a fixed term contract, a contract for a specific period of time, six months, 12 months, 24 months, whatever that is. If the company lets you go before the end of it, they have to still pay you for the difference. So that's a very important lesson. So not only do they owe her more than two weeks pay, John, they owe her 10 months pay.
0: Is there a way for the employer, if you flip things over to their side, can they protect themselves just in case something goes sour within the first couple months of a 24 month contract so they don't have to pay the remainder of it? Absolutely.
1: All they have to do is put in an early exit clause. So we're hiring you for 12 months. But employee, if we, we want to let you go before then, we can let you go and pay you a week's pay or two weeks pay or whatever that is. They can put that in the contract. An employer that doesn't put that in the contract can't then go and complain, oh my gosh, we have to pay all this, all this severance. Well, you could have done something about it. Uh, in this particular situation, her employer did not do it. So they have to pay her the difference.
0: Again, 604-280-9898, the number to call in uh, for the remainder of the afternoon. You want to call the show, ask some questions during halftime or any other time. Helpandemploymentlawyer.ca is the uh, the way you want to email us. We'll get to some of those later. Uh, second uh, second uh, situation, what is it?
1: Actually, this is a matter that uh, I uh, came across my desk today. On a, on a Sunday yes I still work on Sundays uh, I got contacted by someone who worked for one of the major banks I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give you the name and call them out even though I feel like it uh, I'm not so what happened here unfortunately this person was diagnosed with ms uh, obviously a very serious uh, condition very serious situation and as the continue uh, and the, as the condition deteriorated, he couldn't do his job the way he could he could before. But his doctor said that uh, he can do a different type of role. So the doctor wrote a very nice letter to, his, to the bank, to the employer, saying uh, this person, for medical reasons, has to do a different role. And he gave uh, some parameters as to what that role would look like. Well, John, once you know it, the bank responds, HR, in writing, in writing, saying, we don't have to follow what your doctor says. So we're not going to do that. So you have two options. You can resign or go off on a medical leave unbelievable that they would put that in writing when it's so so illegal and and you know where do we start here well we'll start with the fact that they do have to follow what the doctor says absolutely they have a duty to accommodate employers have that obligation to accommodate if at all possible and the and the judge and jury when it comes to that accommodation is the employee's doctor so not only do they have to They have to make all efforts to accommodate, if at all possible. This employer, this bank said, no, no, we're not going to do that. That's your problem. We don't have to listen to your doctor. Ridiculous, illegal human rights violation. It could be a constructive dismissal. And the fact that they would actually put that in writing is shocking. And I think there's an important reminder, John, here that don't assume, just because you're working for a large employer, in this case, it's a bank, that they know what their legal obligations are. Uh, It would have been easy to think, well, hey, if the bank says that they don't have to accommodate me, clearly that's right. Nonsense. Ridiculous. No, not at all. So I'm going to help this person, but I think there's a very important lesson there for everyone out there. If you need accommodation, if if you are working for a large employer, it's up to you to understand and know your rights. The company may not know what it has to do.
0: Just reach out any time. We'll give you the number and some contact for Lior's team uh, here in the city. You want to go to a 604-283-3123. Again, 604 604-283. 283 Thirty-one twenty-three Email address, help at employmentlawyer.ca. The website, employmentlawyer.ca. will give you links to our long-running TV show as well. You can check that out online. And uh, I want to mention pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. That's where you go even before you make the phone call. You go to that website, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. A ton of free information there as well, make you all that much smarter. And if you want to carry on from there, there is contact at the top right of that website. But we'll take a short break, get back into it. Any calls, bring them on, 604 280 9898 is the number. And when we get back, we'll talk about if you're an employee, never do this. These list of things is on the way right here. Employment Law Show, CKNW. And welcome back to it. Employment Law Show, that number to call in here live for the, uh, for the show, 604-280-9898. you have any employment concerns? Just something you've always wondered about your job or severance, if that ever came down uh, to a point where you've been let go, give us a call, 604 280 9898. But the list of pointers we're going to cover today, and maybe some emails as well, Lior, is if you're an employee, never do this. Now, this list you put together, these are things that people maybe sometimes, until they've heard the show, wouldn't think twice about, right?
1: Yeah, it's certain things that people do or mistakes that people make because some things may make sense. But in fact, by doing that, they can compromise. Yeah their legal rights, legal entitlements. So we want to talk about some things that while you may feel that it's the right thing to do, why you should never do them, by doing them you could lose out on on rights that you would have, you can compromise your rights. So these are definitely, definitely important guidelines to keep in mind. Let's get
0: to the first one here. If you're an employee, never make assumptions about legal rights or get information from
1: the wrong sources beauty absolutely that's a great place to start with with that uh, number one on that list is that you can't just assume you know what your rights are uh john i speak daily with people that uh, have done things they shouldn't have because they assume they didn't have rights or maybe assume they had more rights than they actually do uh, and, and because of that, that influenced their behavior. You know, people that quit because they thought that they they had to. Uh, you know, people that signed off on contracts or severance letters because they assumed that their legal rights were limited. So please, please, don't ever assume uh, anything about your legal rights. You find out to find out about your legal rights. You have to speak to someone that deals with those types of rights. Call me, email. Let's have a chat. Let's go over what those uh, rights actually are. And just as important as John said, please, don't get advice from your Uncle Joe who used to work in HR or your Aunt Joanne who practices real estate law, please. You have to understand that these are important issues. The law can be quite nuanced. So you have to speak to someone that knows what he or she is doing. If you make a mistake, if you sign off on something and then you realize it was a mistake, then it's too late to do something about it. So please, be smart. If you don't like me, that's fine. I'll give you a referral to another employment lawyer. If you don't like me, that's okay. But you have to speak with someone qualified in this area. There's too much at stake when it comes to your legal rights. There's too much at stake when it comes to your severance, the money that you're, you're, you you have to use to carry you until you find another job. So be smart and get the information from the right sources.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's 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 not obvious, but I mean, it makes sense, you know, not talking to your best friend or your buddy or someone who's a doctor about employment. But it, this goes too, I guess, for someone who you you may have a friend or family member who just got let go, who just got severance. Even they, you shouldn't use their, their, their knowledge or their advice because it could be a pl- completely different scenario for
1: them, right? Absolutely. It, it really is. There's no rule that applies to everyone, hey, I... Bob got this, therefore, that means that Joe should get something else. No, not at all. Uh, every scenario is different, and I've tried you know, to make it as easy as possible to get reliable and accurate legal information. Not only do I say, hey, call me, but I created that pocketemploymentlawyer.ca uh, because when you go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, the idea behind it was to give you your own employment lawyer in your pocket, on your phone or tablet, whatever you want. So that's always a good place to start for a reliable accurate and, and fast legal information.
0: If you're an employee, never accept significant changes to the terms of your employment. Well, I guess the last 47 weeks, this one's kind of risen to close to the top of the list, right?
1: Yeah. I don't know too many people that have not had their job impacted in some way mm-hmm. over the past 10 or so months uh, since uh, the pandemic hit, but that still that still doesn't mean that you have to accept changes. And the problem with accepting changes, you know, John said, don't accept changes, well, the problem is that by accepting them, you've given, you've opened the door to more changes. So you may think, well, these changes are not that bad. I'm not happy about it. don't want them, but let's just continue and, and move on with, and, and with the job. Okay, fine. That's not a bad thing to, to think, except by accepting these changes, maybe it was a pay cut or maybe it was a bit of a change in hours or a bit of a demotion. Well, by doing that, you've given the company the right to do it again, and that's where the problems start. So that first change, you may be able to live with, yeah, you know, I don't want to, but I'll take a 15% pay cut. Okay, good. Well, by accepting that 15% pay cut, what happens when your employer a month later wants to reduce it by another 15 or 20 and, and again and again? You won't be able to do anything about it. That's why when it comes to your, your terms of employment, they can't just be changed unilaterally by your employer. Just like you can't decide, well, I'm changing my shift employer, uh, so just so you know, effective tomorrow, I'm working a different shift. You can't do that. By the same token, your employer can't do that either. Your employer can't change your shift, your compensation, demote you, relocate you, none of those things. So you can either refuse, you can potentially treat that change as a constructive dismissal, uh, leave with severance, and that may be better for some people than to just accept and open the door to future Uh, future changes. So whenever you're faced with the change, pause it for a second. Understand what you're agreeing to by accepting this change. If it's a type of change that can never happen again, you're not too concerned about it, okay, no problem, move on. But if it can open the door to other changes, you really have to be mindful of it. Uh, You may find out if you accept this one little change that the job you used to have is no longer the job that you have.
0: Yeah, the number 604-280-9898 to call into the show now. I guess, you know, if they're slashing your pay by 50% or moving you 500 miles or whatever, and your whole family's got to be uprooted, those are changes you might know. No, I'm not, I am not. I don't want anything to do with this. But if it's something, you know, maybe a, a slight change in shift or, you know, maybe just down the street or, or something a little less significant, it might be negative. It might be positive. You don't know. You're going to have to take it out for a spin for a bit. Who knows? It might benefit you in the long run. But the only way you're going to know that is by trying the change. Can you do that? Just say, look, employer give me some time to see if I get used to this. If I don't like it, forget about it. It's, it's a, it we're done with it. Or if I do like it, okay,
1: let's move on. Right. And I had a case this week, actually, where uh, someone who was on a commission had their territory changed. And apparently they believed that the territory they got would be one where there'd be a lot less earning potential. So they felt that there's no way I'm going to make anywhere what I made before. So what do I do? So what they ended up doing after the speaking with me is telling their employer, employer, listen, I'm very concerned about this. I don't think that uh, this is a good idea. It's going to reduce my pay, but I'm willing to give it a shot. I'm going to give it six months, see how things go. Uh, And if if I can't make it work, then we'll have another chat. What that does, it preserves the employee's right. We're saying, well, I don't know, maybe it's going to be good. Maybe I'm going to make the same or more money, not a problem. So I'm going to give it a few months. But by saying that, they preserve their rights. If, if this employee simply continued working without saying anything, they would have accepted that change. And then when they would have found out that they're making a lot less money, they wouldn't have been able to do anything about it. So, yeah, you can take things out for a spin. You can try things, but you have to tell your employer that that's what you're doing in order to preserve your rights.
0: Calling in 604-280-9898 is the number to reach us here while we do the show this hour. After the show, or any time for that matter, help at employmentlawyer.ca. Email address in 604-283-3123. That is the number. If you're an employer, never accept a verbal termination. Most people would say, I don't see the problem with that. It's, you know, okay, fine, I'm gone, I'm gone, give me my severance. What
1: is the issue with that? Well, the problem with a verbal termination is that what happens if your employer then says, no, no, you resigned? Ah. How do you actually show that you were terminated? You have nothing in writing. It almost becomes your word against your employer's word. I've had cases like this over the years where employer calls employee, says that, that's it, you're gone, out of here. And then when we contact the employer, say, well, now you got to pay a bunch of severance, dude. And employer says, oh, no, well, no, the employee resigned. I didn't let the employee go. And it makes life much more complicated. So... If you, are, if you are let go by way of a, you know, in a meeting, verbal meeting on the phone, that's fine, except I want you, as soon as you hang up the phone or leave the meeting, to send an email or a text message to your employer saying, confirming that you just let me go and told me I'm not working for you anymore. That's it, that's all you have to do. Uh-huh. You don't even need a response. Just send that email text, but right away, you know, within the same day, within a few hours if possible, okay? By doing that, you're preserving your rights. Now we can get you your severance. Your employer probably doesn't realize how much severance they have to pay you just by virtue of making that phone call. Well, you're going to realize after we speak. So I don't like verbal terminations. You can't make your company put it in writing, but you you can put it in writing yourself. Works just as well. If you're let go verbally, email, text messages, you'll be glad you did when it comes time to get you your full severance. And you said it doesn't matter if they respond. It does not matter if they respond. Their, their silence is the same as their acceptance. So you email your employer confirming you let me go. Uh, if your employer never responds to that, never says anything, yeah, you're, you're golden. You're fine. Nothing to worry about.
0: The number again, 604-280-9898. That's to call here at the radio station, by the way, and ask your questions uh, over the remainder of the show. you got about a half hour. Give or take, the email address is help at employmentlawyer.ca. We will get to some emails in just a bit. And pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is the website Lior's mentioned a couple of times. That's absolutely free advice covering a ton of employment law matters. There's even a section on disability law, by the way. You want to check out that, uh, check out that website, free, anonymous, but there is contact at the top right if you want to uh, carry on. We'll take a short break, guys, and get right back to it. More of these talking points. If you're an employee, never do these things. That's where we'll pick it up. Right here, Employment Law Show, CKNW. And welcome back to uh, the t- time. Right, you got lots of time, but the number rather right, to call in six zero four two eight zero nine eight nine eight. That is to call the station live here for the remainder of the show this afternoon. Still got time. It's only four thirty three. So uh, so bring it on. You prefer email? You can do that. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. In between all that, we're talking about if you're an employee, never do this, and that is never resign if you don't really want to, unless you have something
1: in writing. Yeah, it's very important when it comes to resignation to understand that you don't have to resign, ever, uh, unless you want to, unless you decide you don't want to work there, unless you decide you're going to go for another job, you cannot, should not ever resign just because someone wants you to, because your employer threatens you, or, or because you feel you don't have another choice. That's never the case. There's always a choice, and your employer can also not tell you or direct you to resign. The moment you're told to resign, that becomes a termination, right? Because you're not deciding you're not gonna work there anymore. The company's decided it for you. So if your employer says, oh, I expect your resignation, uh I would say something like, well, keep expecting because I'm not resigning. Uh, You can let me go, obviously, the employer has a right to let you go, but I'm not resigning. Why make it easier for the employer to try to avoid paying you severance? No, don't ever do that. So uh, now the only exception, as John said, in terms of writing is if you're going to resign because you feel you have to, put it in writing. Make sure it says, "Um, I don't really want to resign. I'm resigning because I was threatened. I was resigning because I was told I have to. I have no choice. Make sure at least you have that in writing. Then we can still pursue your severance. If you simply send a note saying, I'm resigning effective today. Well, that looks like a real resignation, and it could make it very difficult to get you severance. And why do we care, by the way, about severance? Well, because it could be as much as two years' pay, right? Two years' pay. So never, ever resign just because you feel you have to. If your employer threatens you, uh, there's nothing they could do to you, right? They can't punch you. They can't hurt you. Uh, No, don't do that. If they want you gone, let them make the move so that you can get severance. That's not going to impact your record of employment. That's not going to impact your EI. Don't let that fool you. Don't let that scare you. Do the right thing and don't resign unless you decide, hey, I don't want to work here anymore.
0: 604-280-9898, the number to call in and email, which we'll get to here in a couple minutes, is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Never call the Employment Standards Branch if you've lost your job.
1: Yeah, no, no, please do not call the Employment, standard, employment Standards uh, Branch if you lost your job. So, you know, Government of BC has a, a department, the Employment Standards Branch, that deals with various employment issues. And you may think, well, okay, if I lost my job and I want to know what I'm owed or I want to know if it's legal, etc., I'll call them. And I'll, they have a 1-800 number, how convenient is that? Uh, and they'll tell me uh, what I need to know. And by the way, there's no charge, of course. So what, what a great service. And it is a great service, but what? not when it comes to your termination, not when it comes to losing your job. It's a great service when you have issues or questions or problems with your overtime or vacation pay, holiday pay, not with respect to losing your job. And the reason for that is the Employment Standards Branch can only advise you with respect to your minimum termination entitlements your minimum termination entitlements which essentially are a week per year of service to a maximum of 8 weeks I'm going to give you an example say you work for an employer for 7 years call uh, you, you lost your job restructuring covid whatever it is call the ministry of labor or the employment standards branch and mm-hmm. say what am i owed i lost my job after 7 years they will tell you you are owed 7 weeks pay you go back, you look at your severance letter and say, ah, they offered me 10 weeks pay. Okay, I'm going to accept this because that's 10 is more than 7. Uh, employment standards branch said I'm only owed 7 and you sign it. And you think, okay, well, I got a good deal. Is it a good deal? Not even close. In that, in that situation, you forget about 10 weeks, you could be owed 10 months of severance those entitlements that seven weeks that the employment standards branch would have told you about is only your minimum entitlements your full entitlements could be two five ten twenty times greater depending on your age your position and the length of your employment so please it could be misleading it could be confusing do not call the employment standards branch if you lost your job full stop always no exceptions Mm -hmm. you don't want to talk to me because you think you know Lior. i don't like the sound of his voice okay fair enough call another employment lawyer you know, I thought I said earlier, don't get advice from your Uncle Joe. You're actually better off getting advice from your Uncle Joe than going to the Employment Standards Branch. How much clearer can I be? Not when you lose your job, can't go there. It could be misleading. You'll end up accepting a lot less than what you are owed. Please don't let that happen to you.
0: Is there a similar thing, uh, you know, here in BC with the Employment Standards Branch that if you file a claim, you only have a certain amount of time to pull that back before it's too late? Because I know they have that in other provinces
1: they do in, in bc it's it's better in that you can still file a claim with the uh, employment standards branch uh and you can still not you you wouldn't be giving up your rights but the problem is most people don't understand that most right. people would say well you know i, I i'll go through them to the employment standards branch not realizing that there's actually entitlements that they've just left on the table that they're not actually pursuing so for all intents and purposes bad idea to go to the employment standards branch if you lost your job can't help you, can't advise, you can't pursue your full entitlements. For that, you have to engage in the legal process we have uh, in BC through our our courts if needed. Uh, It's a simple process. It's a quick process. It can even be a non-confrontational process, but not through the employment standards branch.
0: Talking about things you should never do. If you're an employee this hour, you still have uh, some time, 604-280-9898, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And we all get these from time to time, if not yearly, and that is never accept an unfair performance review. How about that?
1: Yeah, talking about things you shouldn't do. Well, do not accept. Right. Just accept and continue working when it comes to an unfair, Keyword of course, is unfair, performance review. Obviously, if it's a performance review that's negative, but it is accurate and fair, well, all you can do with that situation, continue working, do your best, try to turn things around. Not a problem. But if it's unfair or not accurate or maybe it's something you don't agree with, maybe it's not in good faith, well, you can't just accept it. You can't just continue working and and put your head down hoping that it's going to be better on its own. No. If you don't say anything, it's the same as saying, I agree with it and I accept it. And if you do that, that's going to make it easier for the company at some point to let you go. Well, we put you on a performance improvement plan. You agreed that it was legitimate. Now we can just let you go. No, please don't let that happen to you. If you get a performance review or a performance improvement plan that you don't agree with, that's not accurate. There's that's missing information. Well, say so. Put it in writing. Send an email. Make sure that your employer knows you're not agreeing and why. Well, employer, you forgot to look at these three things. Let me list them. Or your employer, employer, you said I did this. Well, I actually didn't do that. Here's what I did do. Put it in writing. Make sure it's clear. I'm not saying you be aggressive. In fact, I'm saying don't be aggressive. You you don't have to call your employer names and, and accuse them of anything. Very matter of fact. You said I did these things. I didn't. Here's what I did instead. Make sure that's clear. By doing that, you're going to make it that much harder for your employer to rely on that performance uh, review in letting you go. Very important way to preserve your rights. Respond. Put it in writing. Don't just accept in an, an, a negative or a, an inaccurate performance review.
0: Something else you should never do as an employee: never sign employment agreements without having it properly reviewed. God, take the time and do that. This could this could bite you right in the rear end for years to come, huh?
1: I got a call uh, on Saturday or an email on Saturday from someone who, uh, wh- where the business that they were working at was being sold, and the new company mm-hmm. offered them a job with the sign with an employment agreement to sign. And she sent me a copy, and holy cow, what a what a problem would have been for her if she signed it. She's not going to sign it because she spoke to me. But here's the thing: an employment agreement, generally speaking, always benefits the employer. Mm-hmm. I know that there's a, a sense of comfort, right, for the employee to to think, well, I want this in writing, and, and writing. I agree. I mean, I always say get things in writing, and and if your employer promises you something, get it in writing. Of course, always. But when it comes to a written employment agreement, a written contract of employment, you don't want that. You want to run the other way when you see one. Okay, You would rather have a job accepted on a handshake or on an email or on the back of a napkin. All of those things are so, so, so much better than a signed employment agreement, which benefits the employer. And employers now are starting to understand that with a signed employment agreement, they can pretty much do anything. So a signed employment agreement can limit your severance. That could cost you tens of thousands of dollars, potentially hundreds of thousands of dollars. So right right there. They can give themselves the right to lay you off temporarily. An employer does not have a right to lay you off temporarily, but they can gain that right in an employment agreement. They can gain the right to change your pay, reduce your pay, to demote you, to relocate you, and many, many other things as well. So if, you're, if you don't have to sign an employment agreement, don't. If you're already working for a company and they're asking you to sign a new employment agreement, do not do that. You cannot be punished. You cannot be disciplined for that. You wanna know if you should sign it or not, send me a copy. Let's take a look at it and make sure. Maybe that one is fine and you can go ahead and sign it. Generally speaking, do not sign just an employment agreement without understanding what it says, without getting some advice. That is a surefire way to give up entitlements. Uh, please don't do that. It's a very, very important document. It's worth the time to get advice. Probably one of the most important documents you'll ever sign.
0: We'll get to uh, one or two more of these before we flip over to some email, which means you still got a bit of time to grab a phone if you're uh, so inclined, and that is 604-280-9898. Email help at employmentlawyer.ca as well. Employment Law Show, this is CKNW. Welcome back. It is uh, 4.46. Going to slide into some email here in just a moment. Want to cover one more of these, what we've been talking about so far this hour. And that is, if you're an employee, never do this. And never forget to stay in touch with your employment uh, employer rather while you're off on a disability leave.
1: Well, I'm not sure, John, who you're welcoming back. Uh, I think everyone was watching the Super Bowl. <laughs> Uh, you. Prove me wrong, CKNW listeners. Prove me wrong. Call us right now. Last segment. Prove prove me wrong. Call me with your questions. But uh, in all seriousness, though, uh, th- that is an important one. If you are going to be off on a medical leave, you know, I, I'm not talking about f- for a few days. If it's going to be a more extended medical leave, make sure you stay in touch with your employer. Don't forget about your employer. Don't ignore your employer. All you need to do is every once in a while, maybe every few weeks touch base with your employer email works well text message works well just make sure your your employer knows you're still out there you're you're you know still working to get better you're still uh, hoping to be back to work by doing that you're gonna preserve your employment status what you don't want to have happen is your employer to say well wait a second I haven't heard from you for the last year I assumed you abandoned your job you don't work here anymore you don't want that so Make sure you're staying in front of mind when it comes to your employer. Make sure that you're, you're, uh, answer, you're, you're in touch with them. Maybe provide an occasional medical update. You know, saw my doctor. He hopes that uh, in a couple of months uh, we'll, we'll know more. You know, something like that. Easy to do. It doesn't take much time. One or two lines is all you need every few weeks, every month. Something like that. Very, very important to do that. Preserve your rights. Don't ignore or forget about your employer just because you're off on a medical leave.
0: Let's move to uh, emails, as I mentioned before. First one is Saul. Saul writes in, said, Guys, who work as a payroll clerk and have to work extra hours to get the job done, but my employer insists that I should get the job done on time and that he won't pay overtime. Can I get overtime and can the employer say that I just wasn't efficient enough with
1: my time? That's a, it's a very good question from Saul and, and one that I actually get quite often. So here's the answer the answer is that if Saul needs to work those extra hours, in order to uh, get the job done, he has to get paid for the overtime. He absolutely has to. Now, uh, his em- his employer cannot avoid paying for legitimate hours that were put in in order to get the job done. Now, if Saul is inefficient and he's not uh, you know, able to do the job when he should have, that could potentially become a disciplinary issue, uh, but it's still not something that allows his employer to avoid paying him overtime. It's, it's a very simple rule. If you work the overtime, if it was legitimate, your employer has to pay it. Time and a half, after eight hours a day or 40 hours a week, you have to get that paid, whether you're hourly or salary. So if your employer won't pay it, you can call me. You can call the Employment Standards Branch. Remember, I said the Employment Standards Branch can help you with overtime. They absolutely can. But your employer can't avoid paying you for work that you actually did.
0: Sean is up next. Guys, my severance letter says that if I find another job, the employer will stop paying me severance and give me half of what is owed. Is
1: that legal? Is that normal? I actually got an email like that last night as well. Same same question. So, yes, it it is something that an employer can do. They can structure a severance offer on the basis that if you do find a job while they're still paying you severance, they'll cut you off and they'll give you a, a percentage of what's outstanding. So while that's legal, bottom line is when we negotiate severance, in most cases, we're able to get rid of that condition. We make it guaranteed, lump sum. So that's all that's negotiable. That's why it's so important to get that advice, especially when you lost your job. And not just the the advice, but to help to negotiate proper severance. It's not just about how much money you get paid. It's what's included in it. Is it guaranteed or not? So there's so many things to look for and look at. So yes, it is legal for the employer to, quote unquote, take advantage of an employee finding another job. But in most cases, we're able to get rid of that and make the payment guaranteed. So yeah, lost your job, call me, let's look at it together.
0: Barry says, I received a notice of termination, but this was extended three times before I was finally let go. Is it appropriate for the
1: employer to extend the notice of termination like that? So let's break this down a bit. So an employer in some situations can avoid paying severance by giving enough notice, advanced notice of termination. So let's say someone is would otherwise be entitled to, I don't know, six months severance. One way an employer can provide those entitlements is by giving advanced notice. I'm telling you today that six months from now, you don't have a job. And as long as the employer gives sufficient notice, they may not have to pay any severance. Now, the point of giving notice is to tell the employee how much longer they have on the job, how much longer before they're out of work, or how much longer they have to find another job before they're, you know, they're left with no income. So the employee needs to have that certainty. I know it's six months. Here it is, I have it in writing. Well, the problem with the question that you've just asked, John, is this is if the employer keeps extending it, well, the employee now doesn't have a certain certainty anymore. Well, I know you've told me now that my employment is going to end in April, but you've already said that three times of a different date, so I'm not believing it. Yeah. So I'm not necessarily going to be looking for another job. There will probably be a different, an, another extension. So the problem is when an employer keeps extending the notice, that certainty goes away, which means that notice is now Ineffective. It's as if the employee never got notice. So, in that email question, no, after three times, usually after two times, but certainly after three times, if that notice gets extended, it's as if the employee never got notice, which means when they are finally terminated, the employer cannot rely on that notice and instead is going to have to pay severance. So, No, not a good idea for employers generally to extend the notice. If you have to extend it, extend it one time. If you extend it more than one time, you may then lose it all and not be able to rely on it. A bad idea for the employer could be very good for the employee.
0: Seen this email in the past as well. This one, similar from Miriam comes in. Again, it is a help at employmentlawyer.ca. Even when the show's not on to use the email address. Anytime for your concerns, Miriam says, guys, my boss treats me very badly and is always rude. He now reduced my days of work from five days a week to three days a week. Is there something I can do?
1: Well, there's obviously a couple of issues here. She said, you know, her employer doesn't treat her well and is rude. We all have a right to work in a healthy, supportive work environment. These issues uh, have come into uh, into focus more recently with the uh, Governor General, of course, uh, but but we all have that right. So right there, if you are being mistreated, that could be something that gives you entitlements. You could potentially treat that as a constructive dismissal if you're if you're being uh, you know harassed, bullied, etc. But potentially, we don't even have to go that route because there's an even greater issue here potentially. Which is reducing her from five days to three days. No, an employer does not have a right to do that. An employer does not have a right to change terms of employment. That's a massive change going from five to three days. So her options are, of course, she can accept this. The problem is if she accepts this, as I said earlier, she now gives her employer the right to do it again. And then when they reduce her from three to two and two to one and one to half, she won't be able to do anything about it because she let it happen the first time bad, bad idea. So, given the fact that she's already being mistreated, and and now she's also having her hours slashed, that's a constructive dismissal. she just got to give me a call. Let's get her out of there. Let's get the severance that she's owed. And for everyone else listening, uh, the the two people that are now watching the Super Bowl game, uh, <laughs> it, 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 the thing that you have to remember is that your employer cannot mistreat you. You have a right to work in a harassment-free work environment. And of course... Your employer cannot just slash your hours, slash your pay. That's illegal. That's a constructive dismissal any day, so keep that in mind.
0: Putting aside the uh, being treated poorly part, what if it was a situation where an employer cut her days from 5 to 3 but didn't touch her pay?
1: Should she still be wary of it? Well, I mean, as long as her pay is intact, it's going to be difficult to say constructive dismissal. So some may, may in fact, see that as a good thing. I have to work less and make the same amount of money. That's that's not a bad thing at all. Probably not going to happen unless you have a really, really generous employer. So for most people, that's not going to happen. Uh, Now, in some situations, an employer may demote someone but keep the pay the same. So I'm demoting you, but I'm Ah. not cutting your pay. Well, even in that situation, if you're demoted, that could be a constructive dismissal, even if the pay is the same. Your employer does not have a right to demote you, and if they do, you can say, no, constructive dismissal, I'm out of here, but of course, with my full severance.
0: All right, we're done for the uh, the weekend. We'll catch you next Sunday. Back to the game you go if you even left in the first place. Here is the number to reach out to, uh, Lior, now that we're done, 604-283-3123. That's the number, plus email help at employmentlawyer.ca. And always go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca even before the phone call. We'll catch you next week. Employment Law Show, CKNW.